I want you to do me a favor and I want you to stand up and I want you to take your phones out. Yeah. And I don't care who you take a picture of, what you take a picture of. Just take a picture. Do a selfie with somebody. Do something. Just take your, your phones out. Take a picture. If it's up here, I pose and You got it. Everybody got your picture? Oh, that's a good picture. Huh? Now, how many of you, how many of you have tons and tons of pictures in your phone? All right? You can be seated. So, I'm going to show you a picture. This is me and Lisa. We got married. That's something. Look at me. Look at that black hair. Don't watch it now. <laughs> Look how much there is. <laughs> yeah, ain't that something? Wow, she was smoking, wasn't she? She still, yeah, she's just smoking more now. Okay. <laughs> That was not a Church of God wedding dress. <laughs> ah, so beautiful. Wow. Hmm. I keep that right near. Now, here's a, a Kodak moment. Isn't that something? You see those eyes? That's like... Well, I don't know what she's thinking, but it's like I feel pretty safe with my daddy's arms around me. So you see the way her little hands, right? No, there's issues, right? But uh, a lot of the things that you want to have a memory of, you do what? You take a picture because they mean something and you know, how many of you like to go through your photo albums and just actually go back and nobody has to be there and you just like look at pictures? How many of you ever been to somebody's house and the first thing they want to do is show you their pictures? Three hours later, you're still <laughs> looking at what? Pictures. <laughs> I mean, you know everything about their genealogy by the time that you leave, but it's because, you know, these are memories and they have lasting meanings to us. So back in the day, people didn't have a phone. They didn't have a camera. So what they did is they built altars. When God did something so spectacular in their life, he made them promises they would build an altar unto the Lord. And every time they would pass by these altars, these were things that they could share with their children. These I believe there has to be some moments in our life where this is where God, that we build these altars so that we can remember just how good the Lord has been to us. 
The reason why we take communion, Jesus said, I want you to do this often and I want you to do it in, in remembrance of me. Do you know that if we're not careful, it's a possibility that we can forget about the goodness of the Lord. He tells us in the word that don't let it come to a point or a place where you have forgotten about me. Look at your neighbor and say, God said, I'm a jealous God. Right? If you men give more attention to another woman than you do your wife or girlfriend, how is that working out for you? Right? Uh, you, all these silent men in here is like, I ain't got a clue as to what you were talking about. I had a woman come up in my office and they were counseling and she was complaining about how many times he tells another woman how pretty she is. And I said, I can't help you, buddy. Because I can't fix stupid. Right? I mean, it's, it's look, I mean, there's, there's this, because women won't, there's nothing wrong with giving compliments, but there's this essence of where we begin to gather wisdom from everything that God has done in our life, and we remember it. it has to come a moment where we can express to our children, this is what God has done for us. It's called a memorial unto the Lord. Everybody say Memorial Day. Now, uh, turn to Genesis 28, verses 10 through 19. We'll go through there. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, somebody say a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and he laid down to go to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to the heavens. And now say this, and the angels of God were ascending and descending from it. So he's having this spiritual dream and seeing these spiritual things happen. I, I believe that God still wants to give his people visions and dreams. Right? I do. It, he, he makes this promise. And he says, there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. He said, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And it said, and all the people on the earth are going to be blessed through you and your offspring. He says, I am with you. Now say that with me. I am with you. And I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. I want to say that again. That God said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I promise you. Who believes in the promises of God? Right? So the fact alone that he says, I'm going to bring you back to the land, means that sooner or later you've got to leave. Do you know that 
the, the promises of God sometimes are through the difficulties that you face. And that God says that no matter what you're going to go through, he says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm always going to be right there. And my promises you can count on. There are times in our lives where it feels like we've lost the land and don't know how to get it back. But you know, if we have a, a, a faith in God and a faith in his promise, can I tell you that when God speaks to you, it's not like men speaking to you. Now listen, you ever met fruity people? That say a whole lot about God saying a whole lot that God ain't said a whole lot about? Man, a lady come to me and she told me she was a prophet and I told her I believed her. But I said, I believe you're a false one. And I escorted her right out the door while she was screaming at me. You know what one prophet said to the other prophet? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm not talking about Freaky stuff. They're, they're, people can hear all kinds of voices in their head, right? When God speaks to you, you should know it. You should know it. I'm not this. I've seen stuff that I don't talk about. Because if I was to talk about it, people would think I needed to be back in that mental institution, right? You don't tell everything that you see. Right? Gotta say it again. You don't, you don't tell everything that, that, that God shows you, right? Because not everybody is ready to hear those things. And you'll see a lot of times where the Spirit will say, be quiet about stuff, right? And even Jesus would tell people, Ooh, don't tell nobody, be quiet. There are some things that are, are personal to you. So like for me, when we had done everything that we knew how to do, I'd spent thousands and thousands of dollars. In fact, the doctors had told us and had mercy on us and gave me some of our money back. And I remember as I lay on my bed and I turned my face to the wall and I began to talk to the Lord. If there was ever a, a woman that deserved a child, it was the woman I was married to. And I can remember as I laid my heart out before the Lord, and, not, and, and going to the doctor, none of those things deterred my faith. I just did everything that I knew to do. And I remember as I lay on that bed, the overwhelming peace that came upon my life. And I settled it. And when the Lord tapped me on my shoulder, a few weeks later, shook me. Just like somebody was shaking. I woke up thinking I was snoring and Lisa was, you know, but she was sound asleep. And I heard his voice. Just like I'm talking to you. And he simply said, I've heard you. And tonight is your night of visitation. Your wife's going to have a baby. And I felt my body change. I walked over to the other side of the bed. I got out of the bed. Walked over to the other side of the bed. 
tapped Lisa on the shoulder. I said, baby, the Lord just woke me up and said, we're going to have a baby tonight. She said, what? I said, darling, the Lord woke me up and told me that tonight we're going to get pregnant. And she said, don't you blame that on God. (laughs) She said, man, you will say anything for a piece of loving. True that. True that. So help me. That's what she said. I said, woman. I said, did you hear what I said? I said, God woke me up and told me, you're going to get pregnant tonight. She said, well, can't it wait until the morning? I said, woman, this ain't a wait to the morning moment. This is a right now moment. Can I, can I tell you that there are times in your life where you don't wait, you obey. Are you listening? Because the difference between you saying yes and no to God in that moment could not only change your life for the good, you could miss your opportunity. Are you listening to me? She looked in my eyes and she said, okay, baby. She says, oh. She said, if you say God spoke to you. Okay. About 40 days later, I heard screaming. I woke up and Lisa was running around the room like a Comanche. Screaming, she just screaming. She's pregnant. It says pregnant. It says pregnant. And I'm just sitting up in the bed and I'm looking at her going, yeah. And she's like, I did it three times. I did it three times. See it? And I remember looking at her and saying, My sweet love. I knew 40 days ago. I was expecting. It didn't shock me. The reason why it didn't shock me is because I know I heard his voice. I believed it before I ever saw it. That is a memorial to me. Every time I feel like my faith is maybe getting a little bit weak, Lord have mercy, I got a story to tell. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Anytime I feel, oh, I can go back in my mind. It's a memorial. That right there, when I look.
look in her eyes, she is telling me I'm the promise that God said. And anything that God promises you, he will bring it to pass. I don't know how he'll do it. I just know he will do it. Can you say amen? To bring it to pass. We have an obligation not to give up on the promises that God has given to us. Things that we can make a memorial unto the Lord that we, we take a, a certain stone and we can lay that stone. And we can say that this was the moment, this was the time, this was the place where God gave me that promise. Jacob lifted up that stone and poured the oil over it and called that place Bethel, which means the house of God. We know through scripture that God honored his promise to Jacob. Can I tell you that not only will he honor his promise to Jacob, he will honor his promise to you. Everybody hold your phone back up. Those pictures, they mean something, right? Can promises, what, whatever it is that, that God is promising you, won't you take a picture of it? Remind yourself that God is a God that will not and cannot lie. My first missions trip, it was a lasting impression on me. I had just left the secular job. Didn't really know much about preaching, so to speak. Still don't. (laughs) But I loved people. And this bishop saw something in me that he liked. And he hired me. And part of my job was to bring the church to a different place. Especially in outreach. And so... I hooked up with this group out of Florida. The guy was one of his friends, but he had gone on multitudes of mission trips. And so I I linked up with him so that I could learn. And my sole reason for, for going was to learn. I remember we were going to Uruguay. I met this guy, met a whole team of people. The guy met me, and I don't know from whatever he had been said, they put me in charge of security. So my job was to make sure that all the bags didn't get gone. And I remember that where we were going and all, that someone said that, you know, and listen, I'm I'm not not a a gay basher, right? Uh, I believe that God's mercy extends to everyone. Can, can you say amen? amen? They told me in particular, though, that this little section had a, a lot of gay men. And uh, I was there, and I was guarding the stuff, and this dude just walked right up to me, and I mean, just grabbed me, and I mean, planted a big old kiss on me. Now, my instinct, I ain't been nowhere. I didn't know what the culture was. All I know is I got a dude kissing me. 
same. I get this guy hugging me and he is and 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 so I'm like, whoa, like and then you know and I said, no, 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 that's the custom. I wish I wasn't used to all those I I I've never maybe you used to guys kissing you. I ain't used to guys kissing me. Can can I tell you that? One of the things that you need to do before you go overseas is to make sure that you understand the culture. Right? And so that was a lasting impression. I was like, oh, okay. And before it was over, man, I was, I was like hugging dudes and going, hey, man. You're used to it, all right. Yeah, you're great. That's what Let's see, let me find a good old southern boy. <laughs> you ain't used to that, are you? <laughs> Come on, Cletus, pucker up, buddy. <laughs> and so that, that, was, a, uh, that was a lasting. And, and so we, we went and, and I learned so much. I, I learned so much. But one of the first things that I did when I took a team myself, I took, I took over 30 some people on my first trip to Nicaragua. And what I did is I went two or three times and I studied all the culture so that one of the things that I could do was to talk to them about culture. Do you know that in some places it's very offensive that if people walk by for you to snap a picture of them. It's actually, it, it's offensive. It can be a, an offensive thing. Well, from that moment to this moment, I can't even tell you how many missions, trips I've gone on, medical missions, building, orphanages, so on and so on. In fact, I took this group of people to one of your first mission trips over to the Dominican Republic where they still are actually operating in that feeding center, feeding over 400 children. Ain't that wonderful? Took you on your other mission trips where we have an orphanage in Uganda that is operating today. I talked to Vincent uh, just a few weeks ago. Hundreds of kids. The well that you built is still not run dry. It won't run dry. We dug that thing 400 and some foot. Had it professionally sealed, it'll never run dry. They'll keep getting water, and water is life over there. We put the electricity on that property. For the first time, these kids could actually study by light. That was a wonderful moment. It's a wonderful moment. But it all began with me taking a trip all the way to Uruguay to go in to learn and to study, to have a heart to see if maybe I could take a team and make some differences, make some changes in people's lives. What you say yes to can have a sick, significant impact on somebody's life. Did you know that? Did you know that what you say yes to can have such a significant difference in somebody's life? Sometimes I believe we concentrate on all the things that we cannot do and we don't concentrate enough on the things we can. 
Come on, say amen. I want to ask you about memorials that you are building in your life. Things that God is doing for you. Things that can help you with your faith. Because there are times where the enemy will come and try to steal our faith through circumstances that happen in our life. Can you say amen? And it's at this moment where the things that God has done in your life, these memorials that, that happen are there to increase our faith, to keep us satisfied knowing that no matter how bad it is, that God will never, ever forsake us. He will always be right there. Who trusts the Lord? Do you trust him? Yeah. You trust him with your life? Yeah. Well, say so. Say, I trust him with my life. Do you really trust him? Is God good? Is he worthy to be praised? Look at your neighbor and say, I can't wait on you. Right? You know, if we're waiting on somebody else to help motivate us to give God praise, I want to tell you, some of you are in trouble. Just look to your left. Look to your right. There comes a moment in the time where it's not about everybody else. It's about you and God, you and God, you and God, you and God. Because if I'd have left it up to other people to help me, I'd be in trouble. There are moments where I have to just trust the Lord because I know that God has not left me. He's not forsaken me. And he's fulfilling every one of his promises to my life. These are things that no one can do for you. Revelations chapter 3. It says, to the angel of the church of Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now, say this, I know your deeds. It says, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Now, Wake up. Wake up. What a powerful. Wake up. Wake up. That's what he says. He says, wake up. He says, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God remember therefore what you have received and heard hold it fast and repent but if you do not wake up I will come like a thief and you will not know it what time I will come to you do you know what I want to say and I have to say to myself at times I have to tell myself to wake up to make myself aware. I don't want to miss the yes that I should give to the Lord. Are you listening to me? I don't want it to pass me by. I don't want to miss that opportunity. I don't want the world to become so heavy in my life that I forget to hear or to have an ear that is listening to what God is saying. I don't want to miss that opportunity. I suggest for all of us that we don't want to miss that opportunity, right? We want to hear the voice of the Lord because maybe there's some specific instructions just for you to bring about the promise of God. Not only for your life, but maybe for the lives of other people. Here's what we know is that that yes can make 
a difference. A little group over there in Nicaragua, as I'm there at that orphanage in Managua, and I see all these beautiful children, and I see because there's pictures of this land, and there's nothing on it. And there's a missionary there. And as this missionary begins to tell the story, I watch it unfold in those pictures. And I remember he says they were clearing the land that climbed the tree and shook the tree to shake the vipers out of the tree. While the other little kids took sticks and killed the vipers. Now, ain't that a story to tell? Now, I'm looking at these little kids. Mary Abigail sees a spider and she nearly has to go in comatose. Right? These kids climbed trees, shook them out. Because there was a vision to build them a building. I remember as I walked in through the dormitory. And we were there to bring uh, Christmas to all these orphans. And if you know anything about me, I don't do anything halfway. They were going to be blessed. I remember walking in a room and I saw this little kid and, and he pulled the covers and he looked. And then he put the covers back on his head. And the gentleman said that during the conflict where his village was at, they had came in and had taken the life of his parents and they had beat him and left him for dead. And so and I remember for me being able to give these children gifts and things of that nature and to maybe bring about a difference in that child's mindset on how he looks at individuals. Those are lasting impressions. Things that I'll never forget. They're memorials to me. I met Bendito Lopez. Bendito Lopez was one of Samosa's bodyguards. He was high up. And when we sat there at Bendito Lopez's home, and he told us his story. If you know anything about the Sandinistas, the Contras, the conflict that was there. Benito Lopez became the first general overseer of the Church of God that was there in Nicaragua. Before he was one of Samosa's right-hand men. And when they lost, he was put in prison. And as I had my team there, uh, Benito began to share that story. And I saw places in his body where he had been tortured. He pulled and showed. I actually went to the prison. That's a prison. What we have is five-star hotels, people. That was a prison. Benito said that they were executing a lot of the officers, lining them up, firing squads and killing them. And that they came to get him and they took him out of his cell and took him and lined him up against the wall 
And all those men pointed their rifles at him and pulled the trigger and their guns didn't fire. They loaded and fired. Their guns didn't fire. And I'm like, they fired at you twice? <laughs> I think I asked him, I'm like, what did you do? He says, I didn't wait for him to fire three times. He said, I just turned around and walked back to my cell. And he said, because they're very superstitious. And so he went back to his cell. And he said that night, he had an open vision. He had never been a religious person. But there was a vision and a book opened up to him. And he knew it was the Bible. And he heard the Lord speak to him and tell him that he was going to preach the gospel throughout Nicaragua. He said a week later, an officer came and called him by another name and said, you've been set free and opened up the door and escorted him out of the prison believing that he was somebody else. Do you know that if God can speak to a rooster, a donkey, there's nothing that God cannot do. And beneath, he, he told me the most amazing thing. And there was this, this older guy. He was very, very quiet. He was really, really friendly. And Bendito pointed at him and said, this is one of the greatest men that I know. And this was a guy that while the fighting was going on, would actually go to where the fighting was and he would preach to the men that were fighting and pray for the men that were dying. Not only for the Sandinistas, but he would cross over into the other side and go pray for them as well. And they let him live. And so I'm looking at this guy. He has nothing. He's not dressed. You could tell he's poor. And I'm taken, I'm taken back because I'm standing in the presence of someone that is probably one of the most powerful spiritual people that I could ever be blessed to meet. And he's as humble as the day is long. He's probably close to the bravest man I've ever met in this life. And it was an honor just to shake his hand, just to be near him. No fanfare, no lights, no fancy suits. Just somebody who absolutely loved the Lord Jesus Christ so much that he would put his life on the line. I'm about as spiritual as a bug when it comes to a guy like that. Look at him, they done left me out here all by myself, Lord. They're so spiritual. They won't even talk to their neighbors, but I can't even get an amen out of them. 
Hmm? We avoid the craziest people in our families because we don't want to get involved. Come on, talk to me, Pentecostal people. Can I have a ha? Amen, yeah. He's preaching glory, right? We're satisfied with our own four. Come on, talk to me, right? We don't, we don't, we don't live that James Bond spiritual life. Talk to me now. Huh? No, we wake up. Wake up. Who knows when Jesus is coming? I want him to find us busy. Come on. Talk to me. We need an adventure. Y'all ready for an adventure? Huh? I got the state fair coming, not state fair, but the city fair coming up. We're going to go out there. We're going to cook some of the holiest chili cheese fries in the whole wide world. Try to make as much money as we can so we can give it away. Right? Wouldn't that be so cool? Give it away. You know, I don't want the hurricane. Everybody say, hurricane, go back to sea. All right? But you know what? North Carolina's covered. You know why? Because we're here. Yes, we are. Absolutely. We'll pack that thing up, and man, we'll go be a blessing to somebody, right? And the reason why we can do it is because you had vision to it, and, and, and we can, the, the life, we fed over a thousand people and never charged a person a dime. Isn't that great? That's good. I'm so glad for that. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about ready for an adventure. Come on. Huh? I got next year coming up. You've tripped. You can have an adventure. <laughs> you can have one. Welcome. Whoa! I... Some of the most exciting things in the whole wide world is going on. Guess what they're going on? They're going across the street. It's called children's ministry. Well, I don't know. I don't think I want to be involved in there. If you want excitement in your life, yes, you do. All right. Listen, the way it should work is our spirit should be so alive that you should be bugging the absolute fool out of me to do for the kingdom. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I'm bored. Pastor, help me. I need something. I want to do something for the Lord. I would, I would enjoy the fact of you getting on my nerves just trying to find something for you to do. Wake up! Gotta wake up. Your spirit has to wake up. Has to come alive. And when it does, you'll be so glad. You'll be so glad. The promises of God are absolutely sure. When he speaks to you, he'll never go back on his word. Come on, say amen. amen. Is he worthy to be served? Come on, talk to me. Is he worthy to be served? Huh? Who can love you like he can love you? All right? Sometimes we get caught up in all the stuff we get caught up in, but I promise you, if you put God first in your life, he's going to be right there 
You're never going to be by yourself. You're never ever going to be alone. And there are times in your life where you need to go back and you need to have your own memorials before the Lord. You need to remember the promises that God has already made you and the ones that have come true. Because there'll be moments in your life where the enemy will try to get you to doubt the Lord. Right? I don't believe we have to doubt the Lord. I believe we have to put the devil in his place. The Bible says resist, right? Resist. Submit yourselves unto the Lord. And the devil will Well, if you have a conversation with them people, right? If you open up the door to have a conversation with the devil, he'll spend the night with you. He'll come to church with you. (laughs) He'll sleep in the same bed with you. Right? Come on, say the Lord. If you want to get rid of the devil, just start praising God. You want to to get rid of, uh, uh, of what's happening? Just start lifting up your voice and giving God his due praise. Get a shout on before the Lord and begin to praise God. And let me tell you something. The devil won't stay anywhere where where God is being praised. You want to get the devil out of your home, your life and everything? Begin to praise the Lord. Start talking about the wonderful things that God has done for you. Start lifting up the voice of the Lord in spite of where you're at. You might feel like you're in the desert and it's dry, but I know a God that can bring the rain in the desert. If he can make water come out of a rock, he can make it come out of anywhere. Come on, talk to me. You just got to believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think. And listen, the reason why he says abundantly above all that you might ask and think is because he already knows your needs before you ask him. And so instead of asking and thinking, why don't you get to praising God instead? Are you listening? Right? He's worthy. I want you to stand to your feet. Pull your phones back out. Take a picture of somebody and say, this was memorial service, Labor Day service here, right? And take something out of it. Remember something. Make that notation. Maybe this is the moment, this is the time where you said, you know what? I'm believing God. For his promises. Let's just worship the Lord for just a moment. Thank you, Father. Lord, we're just honored for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives. Who believes God can do anything? Billy, would you, would you come? I want to pray for you. Pray for you. You sweetie, come. Cletus, I want you to stretch your hands this way. His son was, I believe, working on a vehicle and there was a big explosion. And he got burned really bad. How many of you believe that? Will you guys come? You come? All my elders and everybody... 
you would. Father, thank you. We know that all life is within your hands. And so, Father, I ask you right now, Father, as the body of Christ just comes together, as we place our faith in you, we know that on the cross that you shed your life's blood. That blood was for the healing of our body. We don't always understand everything, but here's one thing we know. Your word is true. So, Father, in Jesus' name, by faith, I thank you for touching his son. Restore him, Father, in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord, that you provide a miracle for him. Thank you, Father, for touching his life. Honor this man's faith. Honor this father's faith. Lord, we trust you. That's all we know to do. We thank you for the doctors. We thank you for the wisdom. We know it comes from you. But our trust is in you. And in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, I thank you for touching that young man right there in his hospital bed, Father. Right where he is at, I thank you for the healing of his body. In Jesus' name.